It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Monday. It's the Luke and Pete show. We do this every Monday and Thursday, people. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Moore for another foray into the strange. How you doing, man? Pretty good. What's going on? How's it going, everyone? Yeah, I think I overcooked the uh, the, the strange. I've, I've spent the last hour uh, looking at uh, dolls on the internet that are uh, little monkeys. These kind of like um, you know, these kind of like real dolls, N- not yeah. like the sexy real dolls, but like little dolls no. that yeah. um, women of a certain age uh, seem to um, find fantastic, and they're very realistic, kind of premium, non-toy adult sort of. Ornaments, I suppose you'd call them. Yeah, I find um, it very odd, but I don't want to be too judgmental. No. Um, so it's, it's that they are ultra realistic, but are they meant to be? Are they meant to be cuddled, Peter? Are they meant to be? Um, I don't know. It would be a shame. It would be a shame to have ultra realistic little babies uh, and not, 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 not. Um, you know. Pop them, pop them in the bed next to you or something, or have a little cuddle when you're feeling pop down. Them in the scrapbook. I think, Pop them in, pop them in, pop one of their heads poking out the loft. Uh, but <laughs> like, I'm not going to judge people for buying sort of realistic looking uh, baby dolls, but I am going to judge them if those baby dolls are little orangutans. I no, I, I would judge them favourably if they were little orangutans. <laughs> it makes more sense, does, doesn't it? Yeah, I think what that does is that uh, increases the connection to people to the to the everyday, and of course, as mm. we know, orangutans. Um, um, environments being destroyed at a pretty rapid pace, mostly for palm oil, for that pesky mm. palm oil. So I'm looking at you, Nutella eaters and peanut butter eaters. That's where most of it goes to. I'm led to believe. Um, I yeah. I only can eat, I say um, that? Probably dog. not. I've used a brand name there. Can I say that? I don't what, know. What did you say? What did you say? You said peanut butter and Nutella. Nutella. Well, has it got? And I'm fairly certain Nutella took the palm oil out of their product. I'm going to clean this up by. You know, just saying something I, I I don't think is actually backed up by fact. Um, but um, yeah, I I think that uh, orangutans should leave the jungle of Sumatra and Borneo uh, and live with old women. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I think. That's where they should live. So so I'm going to come on to that very important point in just a second. But before I do, mm. uh, I'm reading here now that um, the palm oil used in Nutella is 100% RSPO certified sustainable palm oil and uh. does not come from plantations subject to deforestation. Uh, that's my Alan Partridge bit. Chocolate oranges are available from Rawlinson's. <laughs> Could we save the orangutans by... Um, a kind of pen pal exchange student type scheme. 
square, mm. an orangutan goes to stay with a lonely older woman. And, and I mean, are they the, docile? Because a chimp will take your face off. Let's make that absolutely clear. Are yeah, they're pretty chill, docile? aren't they? Yeah, oh, orangutans yeah. are pretty docile. They're pretty Look calm at their faces. Uh, until they're not. Until they're not. Luke Miller. Yeah. yeah, and then maybe um, the older ladies could um, donate their husbands, their feckless husbands, to live in yeah. the jungle with the yeah. orangutan. The question is, clothing aside, would anyone notice? Exactly. Not not, not in my case. I uh, How, don't what would you consume do, Peter, much... To, it, sorry, Peter, I was just going to just ask you a very important question. I do apologise for cutting across you, but this sorry. is important. If mm. you were... Um, if, if you had it demanded upon you to have to live with an orangutan in your current house for a certain amount of time, what kind of adjustments would you make to the homestead to make the orangutan less homesick? Would you maybe sort of fix a little swing in the corner where an easy chair would be, but put a swing there instead? Maybe? Yeah. Well, I, I think orangutans would actually quite enjoy a nice lazy boy, easy boy uh, sort of tra- tra- yeah. uh, chair. Is, is it easy it? boy? I'm fairly certain easy boy is lazy boy. Easy boy. That's yeah. what you say to a horse. Um, That's the people who the capital, isn't it? The easy boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I would obviously have to get rid of all my palm oil products, so I yeah, would have offensive. to subsist on a on a peanut butter diet of uh, like dog peanut butter because uh, dogs get very sick if they eat anything with uh, palm oil in them. So uh, if you ever buy dog peanut butter, it doesn't have any palm oil in it so there you so go so you couldn't say for example give the orangutan who's staying with you some peanut butter and offer it up as a little taste of home oh that wouldn't, would be gosh wouldn't it that would, would, <laughs> that would be very gosh wouldn't it because i tell you what my cats go mental whenever there's a, a wildlife documentary on the tv particularly if it involves birds they're all about mm. that so i wonder if the orangutan in question would be more interested in that type of programming they probably recognize david attenborough when they saw him before <laughs> i've seen they? him oh, that little they probably think of him as a kind of like um, an apparition, like a ghostly yeah. white well, we all do these apparition. Days. <laughs> we all do these days. So we, I mean, what yeah. other adjustments are you making in the homestead? Are you probably going to fence off the garden, I expect? Yeah, I probably wouldn't have quite so much, uh, you know, there's so many wires around. Um, they'd, they'd start yeah. tearing it to bits. They'd strip the wires. Um, they'd, they'd, they'd be sick everywhere from the terrible <laughs> food I feed them. It would, it, it would be clothes? a real shame. Yes, of course I would. Um, as I've said on this podcast before, I used to work in a zoo that um, I can't remember why, some kind of medical reason. Uh, the little baby orangutan uh, used to um, wear a little nappy. So I, oh, they would all wear nappies. I don't Let's want them pooing all over my house. Yeah, that's admin, exactly. You so, could probably, listen, if you can, you can train the orangutan to go to, for a shit in the toilet. Yeah, I'd have a go. <laughs> just show them how you just, do it all they've got to do is see you doing one poo and they're done that's it right yeah but but worst case scenario you have to do it loads of times and then you're just a man who's you know publicly defecating in front of a simian <laughs> I also think if you woke up in the middle of the night like half asleep and needed to go to the toilet and you stumbled across the orangutan it might be like oh my god I've seen an apparition of myself <laughs> and it'd be quite quite frightening. <laughs> well, I, I frequent I frequently uh, think I've stepped onto a dog when it's actually just a pair of fluffy slippers uh, in the night. Uh, so I'm just constantly screaming. So our cats, you, we put them out into the dining room slash kitchen slash garden in the evening, so they know at a certain time each night, and they run out there automatically. Now it's quite clever. It's quite cute. About right. ten. I give them some food to sustain them through the night hours and shut the dining room door and they don't scratch to come in or anything. They they're used to it. So but you don't right. so you don't section off the house with your with your two dogs that you've got access no. to. No. 
No, I think the two dogs have access to. One of the dogs likes to hide under things, and the other dog, the older dog, um, will just lie on the bed. And you can like so. This is this is the dance we do every night. Right. Um, my partner will be in bed, and and next to her will be the 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 dog, the older dog, who decides, and he he'll always be sleeping on my pillow. Um, and right. for a hair fever slash, uh, you know, a, 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 with uh, for an asthmatic who's allergic to dogs. It's a nightmare, <laughs> but I know if push comes to shove, what decision would be made if I kicked up a fuss? So, mm. so um, I, mm. I, I carefully pick him up, and he growls at me, and I go, yeah. "Buckley, calm it down." Because look, yeah. you can't sleep on my pillow. What if I rolled over and squished you? That would be yeah. awful. So you go down the bottom of the bed, uh, and he's he, he's free to do what he wants down there. Just. Within you know, reason. Stay away from my eyes with your fur. <laughs> it's good to get a reminder for all the list, assorted and assembled listeners wherever they are in the world, exactly where Pete Donaldson sits in the Donaldson household pecking order, right? Because I'm definitely at the bottom in my house. Like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm lower than the lawn. It's got to the point to now where... Rank. Yeah, it's got to the point now where... Um, I'm, sl- I'm so low down, I could crawl under the carpet with a top hat on. That's how low down I am. But it's got to the point now where one of my cats, so I've got two, right? One's really stupid to the point of where he can't even remember where his food bowl is and he meows for food and I have to pick him up and put him in front of the food bowl, right? The other one is quite clever and we've got a routine now which has to be adhered to every single morning since we started lockdown, which is that he comes in the morning, he has his food, then he goes into the bathroom, he jumps up onto the side and he starts pouring or sniffing the tap. You have to turn the tap on so we can have a drink. Once he's finished with that, of course, he's a cat, so he can't turn the tap off. You have to turn it off yourself. He goes into the bedroom. He jumps up on the little bit by the windowsill. You have to open the window for five minutes so we can sit on the outside of the windowsill or he won't shut up. And then... Once he's finished with that, he goes onto the foot of the bed and then goes to sleep for a bit. And you have to do that every day or your life is a living hell. So I can only imagine what an orangutan's routine is like. <laughs> what a way to start a day, though, having yeah. a really um, a really perilous kind of like sit on a window still for a bit. They always, All summer, mate, when the windows are open, they're out on the windowsills the whole time. My friend what? James, James McEnany, right? Good friend of mine. I haven't seen him for years. Used to work with him. If you're listening, James, hello. Jay uh, McEnany. Yeah, that's his name, yeah. He sounds uh, he sounds exactly like John Lennon when he speaks, <laughs> which is part of the, a massive part, part of the reason of the I was friends with him. Yeah. Um, but his parents used to own a hotel in Ireland, right? And they had a couple of um, cats that lived in the hotel. I guess they were probably mice catchers or something. And um, he said they'd spend all their time jumping between the balconies of the hotel. Sometimes they'd be 10, 11 stories up, and they never once fell. Never. <laughs> Well, I mean, so you'd know if they did, wouldn't you? <laughs> Say again? It's very binary if they've, if they've done it. If they never uh, once fell. Well, <laughs> I said to him, I said to him, your mum's probably just replacing them every time. You don't realise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Was there a pile of cats on the floor outside the hotel? <laughs> it could have been your cats, actually. No, cat pile, yeah, so I can only imagine what a routine would be like. for. Because do you remember there was a, um, a programme back in the day? I can't remember exactly why, but there was some kind of programme where there were these two people, I think it was in South Africa, and they were um, looking after um, endangered animals or I guess providing some kind of um, like shelter for, for animals. And, and they had this hippo, but the hippo lived in the house with them. 
And right. it would come in the living room and just sit in the living room. And it was absolutely gigantic, right? And I just thought, that's gone too far there because they're statistically very dangerous animals. And two, the house wasn't that big. <laughs> like a prefab um, bungalow. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm confused. Like, was it... Did Are you confusing the adverts? Were they eating moose? Were they eating strawberry no. moose? No. <laughs> were, they the hip, were they the hippopotamuses? No, they had, they had like a big reserve and... Right. So they had animals living on the reserve in harmony, I imagine, in perfect harmony, in away harmony. from the poachers. But I think they, 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 what they didn't do is they didn't stop one of the hippos coming into the house, which for me is a mistake, right? Mm. And I think the hippo got used to it and it got into a routine. That's the thing, animals, they like a routine. And it just every night when they'd be sitting down in front of the TV, this big hippo would be in there with them. I'm sure we talked about this before because I think we talked about it when you hit, you saw a hippo get hit with a tea tray. I think it was around yeah. that kind of conversation. Mm. Interesting. Well, anyway, I hope that hippo's still okay and doesn't, you know, stroll around with a with a, with a suit and tie on. No, with his hairs and no. should, should we? Can we talk about something a little bit closer to home? Because I think you're going to like this. Um, it's about Brexit, Pete. Okay. Do you want to hear it's about happened. Brexit, or are you fed up of it's it? Happened, now? It's happened, mate. Out, so, to be you... honest, out of the, t- I never thought I'd be that into hearing about Brexit over the top of a, a pandemic. To be quite frank. No, but do you do you know what Brexit is? Roughly, roughly. Yeah. I think I think. Do any of us know what it is now? It's kind of more of an elaborate, almost a bit of like performance theatre these yeah. days. Yeah, I do see those fish guys. The, the fish guys, the, the fishermen, have rocked up at the uh, <laughs> have rocked up at uh, the House of Parliament with their fishy wares. Oh, that's going to be okay. that's going to stink on them on, isn't it? What they say again? What I, they I, say? I, 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 they just sort of rock. There's just a load of lorries, fish lorries, outside the Houses of Parliament. Uh, I don't know. I hope they're just going to start dropping fish all over um, Parliament Square. That would be freaking great. It's mad <laughs> to me. Around. This has been pointed out before by by cleverer and finer minds than mine, of which there are many. But it's mad to me how passionate people can get about British fish, but not about British people. <laughs> <laughs> or so, any people, really? Yeah you, yeah, you tell you tell some absolute penis in the House of Commons, probably going to be a Tory, that um, some Frenchman once took a fish, a single fish, out of a British fisherman's net, and they will have a heart attack. Right? You tell you tell that same person that fifty people of various different nationalities f- sank in the Channel in a. A, a very, very inadequate dinghy. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's mad. No. It's absolutely they, mental to me. The fish will be British and the fish will be happier. Yeah. As Mog said. Old, that was on Reese Mog, wasn't it? Yeah. I bet he I'd likes fish. You know I'd, love I'd love to give him a Chinese burn. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> be... Ta- just, just a quick Chinese burn. Because I think it's a language he would understand. I'd like to smash his glasses. Like, not... Because <laughs> like, I know how annoying... If, if anyone picks up my... If, if I leave my glasses down, down and I say, can you pass me glasses? And most people will just grab them by the lens. Now, that boils my piss. I mean, chronic. I mean, just yeah, pass so, me them by the legs. Now no, I've got to clean those, haven't I? Don't touch the lens of any glasses, um, whether they're spectacles for seeing with or whether they're sunglasses. It annoys me <laughs> when um, people put your sunglasses down, lens first down. Oh, you're scratching nasty. there. There's all sorts of microfibers going on that are going to scratch that there, <laughs> and that, that that puts my teeth on edge. But speaking yeah. of that, Pete, um, um, my wife and I had a little disagreement the other week, and she called me Larry David for it. But I think mm. she's in the wrong, so maybe you can rule. I kind of know which way this is going to go. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad this show's descending to airing grievances from relationships. <laughs> well, I'm getting more and more like Larry David every week, so I've been mean, getting used to it. <laughs> um, so. 
my wife says I've got a reputation of being bad with sunglasses, as in losing them, not looking after them, etc. Which I, you know probably is true, and I, I'm I'm sure that many people listening will recognise that kind of behaviour, right? Yeah. Some people I know refuse to buy expensive sunglasses because they last about five minutes. I know that, but when my wife was going through the list of sunglasses that I had um, lost or not looked after, she included the pair of sunglasses that were in the backpack that I had stolen, right? And I was right. saying that shouldn't count in the list because that's not my fault, right? <laughs> but she was saying no, but, but it's part of a wider pattern. Yeah, I yeah, I think it fleshes out the character. If you want to see it stricken for the record, fine. That's up to you as a defence. But I think it. I think that's a character statement for me. I mean, oh, that's pathetic, out, by you. You just want to get me than you are of me. Out, that's out understandable. She's of Italian extraction, as you said before. She beat me up. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah, I, I do sort of think that that. If someone was coming to this show, the way that you speak about me and I speak about you, uh, yeah. they would sort of go, well, Pete's probably the one who's lost a computer, a mobile phone in, in recent <laughs> in recent times. And it's not. It's actually Luke Moore who's lost all of those things. So yeah. I would say, yeah, you're, you're more of a victim of crime than careless, I would say, though. It's got, it's got just, to the point... <laughs> People want to hurt you. Of, it's part of a, it is part of a kind of wider narrative. Like these days, it does take me much longer to leave the house because it takes me ages to work out what I need to take with me and whether I've got it. Especially when you've got to factor in things like masks and everything. Now, the amount of times, yeah. the amount of times now I've gone for a run because that's the only thing you can do: go for a walk or a run. And Mimi said, "Oh, get something from the shop on the way back." And I've, and I've remembered my mask and I've remembered my phone so I can listen to music or a podcast when I'm running. And I've like forgotten my debit card. <laughs> so I get into right. the shop, do all the shopping with my mask on, get to the till, <laughs> and I've got no debit card. And I have to put everything back because I used to work in the supermarket and I don't like it when people don't put things back. I think we've talked about that before as well. Could you not just have the, the, um, the, the, the um, basket and just sort of type that cord in into the till and then I'll come back and get it in a bit? Nah, because I'm not going to go home and then come all the way back again. I'm just have to right, just wipe it okay. off. Just have well, a, I, just I, have beans on toast for dinner. I, I do think that um, I find myself about to walk into a shop, realise I haven't got a mask with me, and I have to do if I'm wearing a scarf or if I'm wearing a jumper, I'll sort of wrap it around my head, like uh, and put my arm over my face, like well, you know. Can you when do you, that? Like, is that a loophole? You, well, just well, I mean, what is a mask effect? If you just wrap your whole face in jumper covering your nose and your mouth, I mean, that's probably better than a, a flimsy bit of of cloth, surely. And and if you've got your arm over it, like you're doing that joke about um, how do you ask a, uh, an elephant for a bun? Oh, how does an elephant ask for a bun? Like, oh, yeah. that's fine. I, I think that's fine. You look like an idiot, but it's fine. I and don't of think course you can do that. I glo- think that shouldn't be a, that shouldn't be exploitable as a loophole. I think if you've got no mask, <laughs> you should do the decent thing and go home. Right. Okay. Oh, well, you know. Anyway, I mean, um, some of these masks haven't been washed for about six months, Luke. Well, some people just have one mask. It's disgusting. Yeah, that's not that's not great. It's also not great to. What I need to do is actually plan my shopping trip separately because when you've just been doing some exercise, if you're as unfit as I am, you, you don't get your breath back for a wee while and you don't want to be putting your mask on there because it's like it's quite difficult. Right, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. 
Well, anyway, I mean, um, and if you don't wear a mask, you might be confused with uh, Lawrence Fox, who's uh, who bought that, that little... a, since you <laughs> since you raised it, that is a constant thorn in my side. The only difference being that he's skinnier than me and a bit older. He's starting um, to look a little. I think he's um, he's. I mean, he's not well in the head, but he's no. he's uh, he's he's lost a bit of weight. I think probably through worry about his stress. career uh, and the things he said. Um, all of which are deserved and valid. And the checks have dried up. <laughs> and the checks are dried up. So I think he looks. He's somebody made the point that he's starting to look a little bit like um, a rat, a cartoon rat that's been turned into a human. <laughs> he looks like Tommy Tippy. I mean, at first glance, I was like, when you first just said that, then I was like, that's really harsh. And then I was like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I can see it. But the thing about that is, right? We have to go for a break in a minute, but very, very, very briefly. Like, this is the thing. Your Lawrence Foxes, your Toby Youngs, your Julia Hartley Brewers, these people, right, if you look at it properly, they don't actually have a political position or anything. Like, they're not, <laughs> they're not arguing the other side of a political debate. They're basically just after attention, right? So the very idea that, like, Toby Young could be an expert in in like epidemiology or virology or what the best thing to do is in the cause of, in in the case of a pandemic is and I want to choose my words carefully here a fucking joke right and that man <laughs> is a fucking cunt right well, he, so well he, he talks so, well, well he talks about um uh eugenics and stuff like he 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 had, on more than one occasion has said that uh low value or low um income families should have access to better genetic code effectively i'm i'm fairly certain i'm not paraphrasing on that he, he, are you I'm, just I'm saying things him. toby but, have you just but, run out of things to say in your privileged I mean, like, mess of a life that you're just making things up as you go along now? I mean, I mean that that seems that seems to be about what he's saying, and it's like, really, mate, because you aren't a specimen, really, are you? You've got no hair, mate, for one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and also, Peter, you see, there was a guy last week, um, a chap called uh, Lord Sumption, who tried to clear up. So someone accused him of saying that people who had stage four cancers lives weren't uh, of value right and it was part of a live discussion program on the bbc and it was done in the context of um it might have been itv actually but anyway some terrestrial tv show <clears throat> excuse me and it, it was done in the context of um shielding right of the fact that you know people need to shield if they are in stage for cancer sadly because obviously they're very vulnerable to to covid and it was, he was accused of it on live TV. And, he, and he, the way he cleared it up was he went, no, no, I didn't say they weren't of value. I said they were less valuable. Thanks very much. <laughs> and the, Thanks it was Nikki Cam- Was it Nicky Campbell who was sort of yeah, going, Campbell, sorry. Yeah, because yeah, Nicky Campbell, because the, 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 the woman was on a, yeah, on a live video link. He was like, and he, saw, a he went, sorry. That's a news line yeah, that is, <laughs> that's a big That's a big thing to say. And I think you didn't hear that and you need to react to it. And she was so... I don't think she had the kind of like the gravity of what that man said. Process it, yeah, 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 yeah. Another human being has said your life isn't worth as much as his, and he's meant it. Yeah. Um, speaking Love of it. Nicky Campbell, I have to, I have to, I have to um, single him out for particular praise because I once had an ex- an encounter with Nicky Campbell that wasn't positive. Uh, right. It wasn't not not in a kind of serious way or anything, but just like he was he exhibited a certain amount of behaviour, and someone asked me about it. Uh, on on twitter and so i just replied saying oh this is what happened and, it, and you can find it it's not it's not massively exciting and um and he 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 saw my tweet 
And he, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, he must have just been searching for his name or something. I don't know why, but this is years ago when people probably did that a bit more on Twitter. And he, um, he sought me out and he tweeted me. And he, and he said, I don't remember the incident, but I was probably having a bad day and I tried to be as polite and as respectful as I can. So I'm really sorry about that. And I hope you, yeah, you won't hold it against me. And I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, of course, no worries. That's really what nice. What a nice feather. Yeah. That's turned, that's turned a negative into two positives, in my opinion. Exactly. But I mean, not not as far as the Lord Sumption thing is concerned. I mean, he needs to he needs to have a look at himself. Let's have a break, Peter. When we come back after the break, we will do a couple of emails. And I have to say, I know that it's been up and down recently, but we've had some absolute belters mm. this week, um, and so uh, we should we should embark upon reading them as soon as we come out the other side of this ad break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This week at Sukarnov. Me and Luke have been whiling away the lockdown with our usual nonsense on the Luke and Pete show. Here's a quick taste of the kind of challenges we've been setting for ourselves. Give us any nation and I'll tell you yeah. why they're dirty. All right, I'll do it now. Um, right. uh, Italy. Italy, yeah. it looks like a sexy boot. Little yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also a brand new episode of On the Continent, your weekly guide to the sublime and frequently ridiculous in European football. Find it over on Football Ramble Presents every Thursday. Neymar's responded to this in kind that they forgot to tell you um, how to win titles. Then Alvaro has responded with a picture of Pelé with three World Cups going <laughs> in the eternal shadow of the king. This reminds me of Stormzy and Wiley. The space that they have. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. And as a car hurtles past my road... Uh, which you possibly hear, possibly not. Uh, this is the Luke and Pete show. I I'm could Pete near Olsen. it. I'm jo- oh, well, never mind. Well, you said there was a oh, man um, scooter, having a really it? loud conversation next to your, next to your uh, house. You, you you could hear someone else, and and we said we I couldn't could. hear it. So we're no, all right. Good. We're all right. It's a good story, um, Pete. Nice one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> if I Hello, had any self respect, I would start that part of the show again. But I just it's just been a long day, to be honest. It's been I a think long that day. Ship has sailed. I think it's sailed. Listen, hello at LukeandPeteShow.com is the email address to get in touch. And you've done so in your droves this week, probably because there's a pandemic on. And you literally, quite literally, cannot leave the house. Um, Sean from Whitley Bay has got in touch. Now, I feel like he is a regular contributor, Pete. Is that right? Mm, Sounds about right. Hmm. Do you want to expand on that so I can have a drink of water? (laughs) (laughs) 
I thought you were launching into the uh, into the message to be quite rank. Thank you very much. I am oh, now. He says, things. all right, my little lovelies. On Monday's show last week, Luke asserted that the RAF, the Royal Air Force, are the campest of the armed forces. Do you remember that, Pete? I do, yes. I think I was thinking about the uniforms, the moustaches, the clipped kind of um, way of speaking. <laughs> yeah. He says, Luke, I know you're from a naval town, so this may come as a shock, but the campus force is clearly the Navy. Yes. Um, exhibit A, those delightful outfits, complete with bell bottoms, neckerchiefs, and those adorable daft little hats. Exhibit <laughs> B, the existence of Camp Disco Classic in the Navy by the village people. Correct. Correct, exhibit, yes. Exhibit C, the phrase, hello, sailor said in a Larry Grayson <laughs> voice that was frequently used on TV in the 70s and the 80s. The RAF might be full of fancy dads and posh boys with accents as clipped as their neat moustaches, but the Navy wins hands down for camp aesthetic. Even that lad from the advert that was born in Blythe but made in the Royal Navy would have to admit mm. that. Much love, Sean from Whitley Bay. And Pete, before I bring you in, I'm going to have to say Sean makes a very compelling case. Mm. Uh, and it's lovely to hear about the um, I was born in Blythe uh, Royal Navy advert because I think I once went for that advert and obviously didn't get the voiceover because I'm not what? from Blythe. Expand on that. <laughs> I think I went for the car. Actually, there was it was either Blythe or Carlisle. I think it might have been Carlisle because Carlisle uh, people kind of speak the same as people from Teesside. It's a really weird right. quirk. We have the same um, vernacular and um, kind of. Uh, I don't even know where Blythe is. Uh, Blythe sort of up, up, up north of uh, Newcastle, I do believe. Blythe Spartans. Right. I remember Blythe, you know, it's Blythe Spartans. Yeah, I know but, the name um, of the football team. Yeah, well, well that, <laughs> that's all you need, isn't it? Football so helps you. So if, if you're going to rank the. So I think in America they include the Coast Guard as a, as a, as a service as well. But I don't oh, really? think we do here. So yeah, I think it's probably just part of the Navy here or the Merchant Navy or something. But if you were going to rank the British services in order of campness, what are you saying? Um, firemen. That's not a service. I mean, the armed forces. Ah, uh, well, what? So if you can have Coast Guard, I mean, like, you know... No, yeah, so I don't think we can Guard. have the Coast Guard in the UK. I think you can just have Navy, RAF and Army, I think. Well, then you're narrowing our choices, aren't you? I mean, the Army's so kind of like there's different kinds, isn't there? To hanging out in a big tank with, with, with someone else. I, I, like, <laughs> I don't know, like just, just waiting in a tank for ages. Is that is that particularly camp? I don't really know. Depends um, who's in there with you, I putting, think. Put in, put in like camouflage makeup on and hiding in a sewer, like in the adverts. I'm just going off the adverts. Um, tank sewer. <laughs> That's the Marines. Um, That's not even the army. Can I just say, sitting in a tank, minding your own business, yeah. with your head poking at the top, having a look around, perhaps yeah. doing a crossword, not camp. Yeah. Being not in camp. a tank, being in the tank with the lid closed, putting makeup on with Freddie Mercury, camp. Right. What if you're in a... T right. Remember the video for Ready or Not by the Fugees? They're in a no. tank, right? The, the three of them are in a tank. Uh, is it Praz? Who's the guy? Who, who was in the Fugees? It was... Uh, Praz uh, Michelle, you're thinking of, or Wycliffe, maybe? Are they both... I know Wycliffe was. Was Praz in the Fugees? I don't actually know. Um, either way, three of them are in the tank. What if um, the lady Fuji leaves? <laughs> if, yeah. If, uh, if, and one if, of them's got a feather duster. Why would he have a feather duster? If, if she saying, leaves... Doing a bit of tidying up, doing a bit of dusting. If, if they need dusting, leaves. they're tanks. They still need to be dusted. <laughs> uh, 
If she leaves, does it get camper? I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> I just think you could, you could you would be able to cut the atmosphere with a knife. All right, okay. Left. In in a, in a tank, poke yeah. your head poking at the top. Yeah. And you go to fire your gun, but when you pull the trigger, a little feather duster pokes out the end. More camp. <laughs> and it goes like that. More camp. So I I'm think saying. any I think any service is a little bit camp, a little yeah. bit mature. Uh, and we salute our brave boys. In the what about fire? You said the fire service. What were you going to say about the fire service? Just lifting people around, isn't it? And, and they've got as well, a pole. And helmets. And they've got a pole for, for <laughs> dancing. <laughs> and they spray a spray a hose. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So anyway, I hope we cleared that up for you, Sean. Um, yeah. Peter, what, have you got an email lined up there? I've got an email lined up there. Um, let me just go into. I haven't actually. Well, I did it's have not lined I was, up. Is it? Yeah, I'll press up. Who do you think's more camp out of you and me? I would say you. Uh, no, because no, because there's because I'm uh, there's n- you can only be camp if you are also macho at the same time. Like it's, I, but I don't have a macho bone in my body, so my direction is macho ness. Your direction is campness. Um, hello to David, Pilot Dave, Denver Airport, and parachutes on passenger de- uh, jets. Uh, oh, good. Pilot Dave here. Excellent. I just want to cover a few topics to- talked about over the last month or so. The Denver bit's really long. Uh, it's uh, I'll get to it in a bit. But the second topic is that uh, parachutes for passengers on commercial jets, as you quite rightly theorised, this would cause issues. What if the aircraft was spinning out of control? The G-force would make it almost impossible for people to bail out, which is an issue that bomber pilots had during the war. And one reason why fast jets have ejector seats. Uh, secondary, secondly, the regulation is to be able to evacuate a passenger jet on the ground in 90 seconds with only half the exit available. If you had this amount of time to evacuate an aircraft that is flying straight and level, you'd be right to assume that in most circumstances, the aircraft would have a good chance of a safe and successful landing. That's a really good point. So just Dave. say that again, just to clear that up for me again? So I, I, if I don't it is... That. If you basically... The regulation for usual disembarking uh, in an emergency of a passenger jet is, you know, it's, it's, it's measured on the ground within 90 seconds if only the yeah. half, half of the exits are in- available. But if you had 90 seconds, uh, it, you know, level, like, a, like an aircraft that's flying straight, you'd be right to assume that in most circumstances the aircraft would have a good chance of a safe and successful landing. Oh, if it just so if you could do that anyway, you might as well just land the thing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And Not if you're I, over water, look, though. If you're over water, I mean, chances are you're probably not going to have the life jackets, are you? If you, if if it's not um, graded for, if you weren't planning on flying over a body of water, you probably wouldn't have the. It's just like that's what happened with the with the miracle in the Hudson, isn't it? Because they they, yeah. they just so happened to have a load of life vests on 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 board. The video um, of that guy of the pilot, uh, what's his name, James Sullenberger, mm. is unbelievable. At one point, he just goes, "Man, that's not happening. We're going in the Hudson." Just like that, he decides <laughs> it in like a second. Do you want to go to Teterboro? Nah. <laughs> yeah. they, but he, he, he turned off this... He did this setting really early on, which I was watching a video about it quite recently, and and, uh, and he did this... He pressed a button that was very, very clever, and he managed to get everything kind of squared away in his mind very, very quickly. Uh, and just as he was coming into land, uh, while the uh, co-pilot was trying... Who, who hadn't been trained really very much on on this kind of um, plane, he was, he, was, he was a Boeing pilot, and that was a... 
uh, another kind of plane, I think. I can't remember. But um, but he was, like, trying to get the engines fired up again, uh, going through all the checklists and stuff. But all the checklists were based on, like, planes that are already, like, really high in the sky. But they hadn't really oh, got right. that much. They hadn't really got that much uh, that, that, that much um, height uh, elevation before before uh, the bird strike, obviously. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and, and apparently, like, just, like so a few minutes, well, a few seconds before splashdown, he turned to his co-pilot and went, any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> which is what, which is which is so like the best pilots are the ones with no egos at all and and he just went any ideas and he goes nope all right then no. you're going down Chris. <laughs> see you later what a dude it's amazing what it's a dude. amazing story amazing yeah. story we've got loads more emails about parachuting but i think sadly we've run out of, the, run out of time today so mm. we're gonna have to get to those on thursday but uh, thank you very much for sending all your emails in we will get through as many of them as possible starting with our second episode of the week which will be on thursday so peter let's get out of here uh thank you very much everyone everyone for listening it's been fantastic to have your company as ever i hope you stand safe in the lockdown make sure you stay at home make sure you do your bit um, and we'll be through this an awful lot quicker won't we peter we will it was just getting a bit boring at home. Get an orangutan. Get an orangutan. Get one. Get one. I'll just dress up like one. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Good idea. Um, we'll see you on Thursday. Thank you very much again for listening and for your company. And stay safe. We'll see you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.